This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is Jay Severin. That means this is the Jaily News, an American tragic comedy in two acts each day. Act one. Oh, yay. The court of truth is now in session. Have you business before truth? Have you business before this court? If so, draw nigh. Ye shall be heard. Uh, Based on, here's our first headline, based on the organizational efficiency and intelligence demonstrated by the Trump presidential campaign thus far. I am told the second edition of Trump's book will be named The Fart of the Deal. Excelsior? Welcome back, my radio family on the Blaze Radio Network, my broadcast partners, my friends. one 3393 I am not ignoring the requests to give the number in other languages because we do have listeners who hail from or exist now or occupy now foreign lands. And I can do that. It's just that I'm still rusty on some of my uh, pronunciations. But the one I can, my go-to, and our most popular number from uh, other than USA, is our Australian and to some degree our Kiwi listeners. So for you again, one triple eight nine double L double three nine three. Via Twitter, at J-A-Y underscore Severin, or in Kiwi, Severin. A question of the day, kind of, if you will. I just learned this last night or this morning. Do you know this? Last night, Donald Trump's children appeared with him on CNN. And a couple of things happened last night that was a non-endorsement endorsement as it were, for both candidates, because it it was kind of took them out of the usual character. And one was uh, Alan Dershowitz 
a friend of this show, uh, uh, proud to say a friend of mine, probably the greatest living genius on American constitutional law. Uh, Alan Dershowitz appeared on Fox last night and repeated that Ted Cruz was the smartest student he's ever had at the Harvard Law School. This, this, you know, a natural. And told a story about how he and his best friend, who was his Princeton roommate, they both applied, were accepted at the Harvard Law School. They sat side by side, both brilliant and tag-teamed Dershowitz. And he was talking about what brilliant students here. And the team, the teammate, the best friend, the roommate, roommate, not just classmate, the roommate from Princeton was black. I say African-American not because I'm obsessed with the PC, but because he only was kind of very indirectly African-American. He was Jamaican. So in the end, he was Afro-Jamaican. But I think we've spent uh, sufficient time to honor the PC gods on that. Okay, so there was that about Cruz, and you say, wow, you know, I something I may not have known. Probably more effective because sort of more off stage in a way for Donald Trump was his appearance last night with his family. And for those of us who don't know or haven't cared or remain uncaring, you mark me down in that last category of Donald Trump's offstage life. He was surrounded by the people in his life, largely attractive women. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, in this case, it was slightly less exciting than it might have been because he was related to them. But, uh, and, and and so it is, it is thought, and I don't disagree with this, it's thought that having seen him in that context, you know, softens him a little bit, makes him a little bit monstrous, uh, in my view, or uh, perhaps a bit of a dullard, in, in my view, but in the general view, perhaps a kinder, gentler, if you will. Uh, Donald Trump. And it was very cute. But did you know this? Trump's children are very cute. Did you know they will not be voting for him? Oh, not because they want to vote for someone else, although it is a secret ballot. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. But, uh, but they will not be voting for their father. All but one are of voting age. All but one are very active on the campaign trail. They won't be voting for Donald Trump. Do you, do you know why? Well, they won't be not because they cannot vote. Oh, wait a second. It is because they cannot vote. Donald Trump's own children cannot vote for him because they misunderstood or ignored the rules of voting and didn't sign, didn't sign up. It would appear, in this case, the apples did not fall far from the golden tree. They can't vote for their father because they didn't know about, care about, or comply with the rules. This is the guy, by the way, you know, that's now crying TD baby crying about how the entire system is rigged and how it's cheating him. And you know he's half right. The system is rigged. Well, he's really he's really 100% wrong. 
because the word rigged is so pejorative. But if we were being very liberal, uh, uh, pain all of a saurus all of a sudden. Now, if we were to be serious about rigged and what rigged means, in the in the, the you know there's the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. In the letter of the law, the system is not rigged because the rules are the law. And in the same way as I said uh, day before yesterday. Oh, by the way, I couldn't be with you yesterday, which means I'm I'm going to be twice as provocative today. And that means I'm going to get paid double. Right, boss? Anyway, so as I said on, what was it, Monday? The people who dislike politicians are kind of like the same people who say, well, you know, I hate lawyers. And they don't like, maybe they don't like rules. Maybe they don't like the law. But the kind of grousing about the system being rigged, well, Trump is the kind of guy who, when he says rigged, he's the kind of guy who walks out of, you know, family court or small claims court, and he decided he'd represent himself and guaranteed that he had a fool for a client, and he loses, and he gets run over by the rules because they're rules and they're, they have to be followed. So he grouses about the rules. Well, you know, is, is the campaign system rigged? No, not technically, not by the letter of the law. It's not rigged. But are the rules of, say, the most exclusive country club where you live, are those rules rigged? Are the rules of membership, the rules of uh, the dress code, uh, when you pay your bar bill, uh, behavior, various rules, are they rigged? No, but are they rigged? Yeah, of course they're rigged. They're rigged by the board of directors or the membership committee or whomever that you as a member elect in order to keep the experience that you expect to to fulfill your expectations. That you're not going to show up and all of a sudden Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack is going to be in your foursome. You know, and that's why, yeah, it's 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 rigged in that there are rules. And that's what Trump is complaining about. And it makes me wonder, this is the guy that's going to devastatingly outwit all other world leaders? But, if, but won't he have to know a few things, like some of the rules? Let me give you some uh, quotes of the day. There are more than one because they, they built up, you know. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, of whom I grow fonder every day and more respectful every day. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich, and it's the way he said it, which I can't replicate. He he was asked on uh, network television, uh, national television, what about the what about Bernie Sanders? And he 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 laughed derisively. He he like snorted off BS. And said, you know, you know, the college kids, and it was pretty clear he meant, uh, that wasn't meant as a complimentary gesture, and and that anyone else who supported BS was kind of like these college kids, right? He said, the college kids who support Bernie Sanders uh, couldn't care less about reality. They, They don't know anything about reality. They couldn't care less about reality. So they continue to support him and his offers of free everything. Uh, maybe the second 
best quote of the day was Kasich. No, sorry, a quote. This was a New York Times page one headline. Quote, Kasich now sees path to nomination. End quote. (laughs) This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company. And it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country. And they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Right now, what's happening with the delegates is unlocking the key to cold fusion or the common cold or various other disorders. I'm not that kind of doctor. I have uh, orchestrated, uh, helped, helped orchestrate a Colorado, as fate would have it, a Colorado state Republican convention. The campaign manager of our client said uh, he credited me with helping them win that convention because of uh, what I did. And and that sounds boastful. Well, I guess I could suffer that. But uh, so, you know, I, I know Colorado in a number of ways, a lot of ways, including politically, having uh, run some campaigns there. But and I and I have been to and covered all of the national conventions, both Republican and Democrat, credentialed by a network, uh, all but uh, since 1980, all but maybe four. And since 1980, how many have there been? Someone could do the maths on that real quick. The maths, that would be appreciated. I can't. Two times four years. uh, How many four-year digits since 1980? That's the number. But in any case, but that doesn't mean I'm going to know in advance what these delegates are going to do. This is going to be a brilliant convention for geeks such as we to to watch this is going to be like a playoff game every day every day starting now it started already it's a playoff game every day for months and months and months and months and the convention is going to be like overtime every day and and just like i can't tell you whether the next uh, play will be successful or whether they'll drop the ball or whether they'll throw i don't know 
I could tell you in this case, I, I could count on them to throw the ball on this next down. But just like you and I sit there and say, I think they're going to throw the ball on this this next play. No one's going to be able to tell you in advance because of political experience or media experience or anything else. The last time there has been a convention, anything like the convention, we're about to be entertained by, and which also holds the fate of our nation and perhaps the world, not to make too big a deal of it. Last time it happened, 1976, not a lot of people remember. And even if they do, that doesn't equip them to know what deals are being cut literally hour by hour, literally minute by minute with these delegates. There are going to be moments that, if again, if you're, if you're geeks such as we, marvelous geeks such as we, who are invested in the civic circus maximus, and you care about this stuff for yourself and your family, if not for just pure raw entertainment, uh, like wrestling, this will, unlike professional wrestling, this won't be decided in advance. And there are going to be moments that take your breath away because some delegate from Ohio is going to stand up and all of a sudden say, Ohio casts its, you know, 82 delegates for the next president of the United States, ish kabibble. And everyone's going to go, what? Seven on the Blaze Radio Network. With my partners, the best and brightest on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. I transmitted a tweet a few moments ago. Uh, thank you. I am receiving your tweets that give me to understand we experienced a blackout uh, in certain parts of our system Uh in the first half hour, of, not not for the entire, but uh, some time or times during the first half hour of today's show. I believe it is mostly fixed. We are working on it or have worked on it. And uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, ideally, I'll, I'll try to get a fix on what uh, moments of the show dropped so that I can tell you. Because it's today's is an important show. You know, unlike all the others. And... Uh, and I do have very important headlines and news and wisecracks to bring you that I don't want left unsaid. So thank you for that. We're back. We are the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, a note, if I may, a very important birthday, I hope, to everyone listening. And if I may, again, and, and two boasts per hour is way over my legal limit, but a special birthday for our nation today, and that would be the birthday uh, of Thomas Jefferson, born 273 years ago today. Happy birthday, Tommy! Oh, yo, Tommy! And uh, within my family, only half the family is entitled to this honor, 
but the whole family actually you know gets to glom onto it and celebrate it uh, because uh, Thomas Jefferson is the uh, direct blood ancestor of all of my family but me <laughs> but there is there is still a very considerable uh, did I say very considerable an enormous degree of pride derivative thereof so uh so happy birthday to everybody on that count all right speaking as as newt did uh of, did this part drop out on you newt gingrich said that the kids who the kids who support bernie sanders they know nothing of life they know nothing of facts they know nothing of reality and so they support him not knowing that he can't win not knowing that the fix is you want rigged you want rigged Bernie Sanders is going to win more delegates than Hillary Clinton. If the Democrat, the Democrat Party did to a far greater degree what Donald Trump accuses the Republican Party of, and he's not wrong. I mean, if you unpack his accusation, the Republican Party didn't in Colorado or anywhere else, didn't do anything illegal, nor, and this is important, illicit. You may not like what they did. You may say, well, if them's the rules, we got to change them. Okay, when we change the rules, guess how many people are going to find those rules rigged? And the answer is the other half of us. So when you have rules, you have an unhappy half. When you have law, you have an unhappy percentage. So what do you do? Not have them? So these kids know nothing of life. They know nothing of life. They know nothing. They're kids. And the grown-ups who support Bernie Sanders are also mentally children. And, or at least they're, they're, they're the level of their political and civics sophistication is kid level. Because what Bernie Sanders stands for is not only anti-American and anti-constitutional. I mean, those are facts. You know, we ask a president, a senator, to swear to an oath, or in some cases, an oath, and, and we say, I will preserve, protect, and defend. I will preserve, protect, defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign or domestic. On Thomas Jefferson's birthday... It is right that we ought to repeat those words, remember them, and bear in mind that the construction and the proffer of that oath substantiates the notion that there could be such a thing as a domestic enemy of the United States of America. That is to say, enemies within. That is to say, a fifth column, organized or otherwise. Domestic enemies of the Constitution equal our enemy, period, full stop. We have them. They exist. Sometimes they are rabid. Uh, sometimes they are merely hares. <laughs> Get it? See what I did there? No, sometimes they are rabid and underground and ultraviolent. Sometimes they are merely aged and ultraviolet. 
and that would be Bernie Sanders. It's hard to think of this frail fossil as an enemy of anybody. I mean, the only thing I could think of, I could picture Bernie as an enemy of his own bladder. But other than that, it's very difficult to see him, you know, through the lens of enmity. But, you know, Bernie Sanders, though he appears harmless and entertaining, he's only one of those. Because he his views as a socialist, as a self-admitted socialist, i.e. communist, he is an enemy of the Constitution of the United States by definition. By if words mean things, he is by definition your enemy if you are a loyal American. I know those are very stark terms, but those are what we call in the business facts. And facts are very stubborn things. I've found them to be very, very stubborn and unyielding things are facts. Speaking of know-nothings, you know we have from time to time discussed because it's been news. It's been big news. It remains big news. Uh, But not front page news every day. We've talked about the Roman Catholic Church in America in, you know, the last century and and in this new one and 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 that it's challenging for roman catholics to understand at any given moment whether they are behaving as good catholics what with the vatican sending very mixed signals and all but even so catholics know they know what catholicism is and they know what they learned they know what they were taught and they know whether they are practicing Catholicism. They know if they're doing something that's not Catholic. They, they really don't need anyone. It would be nice to have a Vatican that was, seems to me, I, I'm not Catholic. Seems to me it would be nice to have a Catholic Vatican. You know, remember the question, is the Pope Catholic? Gee, I never thought it would be other than a punchline or at most a wildly rhetorical question. But is the Pope Catholic is now a literal question to me. So I know that would be more helpful to Catholics if they had some guidance. But that guidance, while helpful and redeeming, would not be what you'd call necessary. Because the Catholics I know know what's Catholic and what isn't. All right. I just use that as a setup to make this point. If you call yourself a Republican... I'll go. Let me take a step back. If you call yourself Catholic, but you don't listen to the Vatican, you have premarital sex. You have extramarital sex. Uh, you have other kinds of sex, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Uh, you practice birth control. You are divorced. You are remarried. You, uh, you know, I go down the list, right? You don't need someone to come tell you those are non-Catholic things. You know that. Now, a lot of people are kidding themselves, of course, and because no one's knocked on their door here in Boston and said, hey, uh, by the way, hello, Mr. O'Leary? Timothy Leary? No, that's Timothy O'Leary. Okay, Mr. O'Leary, I see here that you're, you know, living your life as a good person, but a perfectly lousy Catholic, you know, according to our strict rules. You, You don't, because people don't knock on your door and do that. So a lot of people say, hey, you know, no one said anything to me. So uh, 
uh, I, you know, I guess I'm okay. Okay. I'm not an expert on Catholicism, though I know and probably care more about it than most Catholics I know. But there is this. What I do know is politics. What I, what I am is the ringmaster. I direct your attention to me in the silk top hat in the center ring of the Civic Circus Maximus. And as your ringmaster, and on certain nights, ringmaster debater, when that's appropriate, I can speak to you as if ex cathedra on the religious side, uh, theological side. What I do know is what's called politics. And what's called politics is this. If you call yourself Republican, if you if you say, I'm Republican, if I woke you out of a deep sleep, threw cold water in your face and said, political party, what are you? Most Americans, not, not everybody, and I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with this if you have a different answer, but most Americans awakened from a deep sleep would say, Democrat, Republican. But they'd say one or the other, probably. If you call yourself a Republican, now please listen to my words only, not what you may, forgive me, incorrectly infer from them. Please listen only to the words I speak. And in a moment, you'll awaken, you'll remember nothing of this. Okay, no, if, listen, if you call yourself a Republican, And whether or not you do is really of no matter to me. It matters to you mostly. But if you call yourself a Republican, listen to me. Listen to me. If you call yourself a Republican and you do not commit to voting for whomever is the nominee of this coming convention, no matter who it is, if you do not commit in advance no matter how uncomfortable it is for you to say, okay, okay, but I'm going to vote for the party's nominee, whoever it is, you are not a Republican. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. Paul Ryan made a big announcement yesterday. I'm not sure it meant anything at all. But at the start of the next hour, in a few moments, I'll tell you what I think it didn't mean. Devin from Pennsylvania, thank you for your patience. Hey, Jay, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. I just want to talk a little bit about this uh, whole Trump thing with his kids not being registered and whatnot. I mean, it's obvious they never voted before or they would have been registered. And they probably thought, just like his their father, that he wasn't going to get this far. So why register in the first place? Because they had no idea that he was actually going to get this far along. I'm not sure I like what that says, but... You know, I mean, about them, but I don't want to make it personal in any way. I, I, you know, I, I would hope as, 
you know, as a, just as a as a as a ceremonial matter, an honorific. You know, the kids would you know arrange to vote if the if your daddy was running for president of the United States. But I I centrally agree with you on uh, what you're saying about how this is sort of maybe if if this is what you're saying that it's kind of representative of the old man. I think it is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and look, I mean, it's look, just look the, the problem he, he doesn't right know the now. rules and neither do they. Well, and he doesn't care. Look, look, no. look at, see, this is where it crosses from. Oh, you just hate Trump. You know what? I've never, it's never been a matter of hate or not hate. I hate very few people and Trump ain't on the list. The, the, the matter yeah. is who do I find qualified to be president? And most importantly, do I find anyone instantly to have been disqualified as president of the United States? And I believe that Donald Trump has, in a number of ways, disqualified himself, it, not, not constitutionally, I mean in my mind. And my vote is really the one that matters most to me. My judgment matters the most to me. And one of the ways is that he thought he could win the presidency on charm. You know, he didn't have yeah. to, like his kids, I don't have to register what Colorado <laughs> has. He knew a year plus ago. I'm going to read uh, Reince Priebus's, uh tweet in, in, in a few minutes. I don't know if you know it, but Reince Priebus tweeted out, you know, stop complaining about Colorado's delegates. Everybody knew about this uh, over a year ago. And he didn't yeah. do anything about it, Devin. Because he probably didn't think he'd be here at this point, you know, because a year right. ago he was just doing this all for a publicity stunt, I believe. And now he thinks that he can actually win. Now he wants the power to lead the free world, which he's not qualified whatsoever for. And everyone knows that anyone that has any common sense, you don't have to be a Democrat, Republican, conservative, whatever. It's common sense that he has no, he doesn't, he does not deserve the job. <laughs> We have been talking about this on our show for weeks, and that is, you know, the, the whole the whole trope of, I don't like politicians, I don't like insiders, I don't like the system, is like the people who say, I hate lawyers. Okay, you're free to hate him, but you don't ever want to go into a courtroom as a defendant without one, do you? And there are certain things you have to know if you're going to run, surprise, for president. This is Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. In response to the many responses on Twitter, as I'd hoped, many are taking objection to my statement that if you do not vote for a party's nominees, you are not of that party. If you don't vote for the Republican nominee, it would be profoundly inaccurate to describe yourself as a Republican. Now, what you might be instead is a conservative. Woohoo! Great! That's what I am. You might be a libertarian. You might be many patriotic, lovely things. I mean that. But one thing you are not, and hey, that's okay with me. I'm not. But one thing you are not, unless you can stand here today looking at this deliriously delicious 
Civic Circus Maximus staring us in the face, of which we are partners. Unless you could stare this wonderful mess in the face and say, well, you know what, I've got my preferences, but I will vote for the nominee of the X party. Well, unless you can stand here in this case and say, I may not like him, I may not like it, I may not like whomever it is, but whomever the Republican Party nominates, I will swallow hard and I will uh, be uh, an intern. No, wait, did I say that out loud? What I meant to say was, I will swallow hard and I will vote for the party nominee because I am a Republican. If you fail to do that, you're not a Republican. You're not a Republican. Hey, believe me, there are worse things. Veritas. Welcome back, the best and brightest audience in radio, and I know that most of us agree this is a matter that I used merely to provoke you, not you, not the majority of us, but I knew some of us would be provoked by that, and it was a provocation worth making. I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network, a daily tragic comedy in two acts. An American tragic, a quintessentially American tragic comedy. Act two begins with the contact conversation number 1 888 The last hour ended with my intentional provocation. Doesn't mean I don't mean it, I do mean it. And if you recall my forward to the matter my my preface it was just like if you say i divorced and remarried without getting an annulment and i take communion i don't go to confession i have sex before marriage i have sex outside marriage i commit adultery i don't go to confession i could go down the list of what a lot of American Catholics do. But the modifier American ought not be necessary when I speak of a religion. The Muslims don't say, you know, Syrian Muslim, do they? They don't say Yemeni Muslim. They're Muslim or they ain't. It used to be you're Catholic or you ain't. Well, it ain't that way anymore. Catholics, perfectly wonderful people, are living perfectly wonderful Christian lives, perfectly outside the technical confines of Roman Catholic dogma. And, you know, as I see it, it's not their fault. I mean, the Vatican is hardly being a stalwart here, as historically it's been, in guiding and defining and all of that. But again, it's really not the religion show today. 
but it is it is useful as a guidepost here. In it, I mean, odd, wicked oddly enough, it's a guidepost in discussing this stuff. And that's what I meant before when I said, if you don't do what the Republican Party says, and they say a lot of things, but the only important thing to them is that you give them your money. The second most important thing is that you vote for their candidates. If you don't vote for their candidates, you cannot honestly, I mean, please, I'm not. I have no argument with you, but if you do not vote for, what would you say to someone if you said, if you knew them well enough and you could say, hey, what are you anyway, by the way, Tom, what are you? Are you a Republican or a Democrat? And they said, well, I'm a Democrat. And and you say, so uh, I assume you voted for Obama. I haven't voted for a Democrat since 1948. What? I haven't voted for a Democrat since 1948 for any office. I haven't voted for a Democrat. And here we are 70 years later and you call yourself a Democrat? I don't think so. I mean, it's okay. You can call yourself whatever you like, but by any conventional standard, are you a Democrat? No. If you're a Republican... There is very little required of you, like most religions these days, other than the ones that still still take it seriously, like the Muslims. I mean, I, I, I must somewhat painfully add, but the Republicans ask only one thing, of, other than money they and blood, uh, they ask only one thing of you, just vote for our candidates so we can be and stay in power. Because that's what a political party is. It's what it is. That's its essence. It's what it does. Vote for our candidates. Saying you are Republican and failing to commit to vote for the Republican nominee this year is the same as saying I'm a Republican, except I haven't voted for one since 1960, and I attend a synagogue uh, regularly, but I haven't been inside, uh, you know, saying you're Catholic, I'm a Catholic, but I haven't been inside a Catholic church in 50 years. You know, you just, I mean, there's certain things that, again, words mean things. And all I'm saying, yes, by way of uh, provoking you, but but not, not cheaply, is that this is, is it not? Maybe I'm a little premature, but when I raise this question again, oh, and I will, you know I will. When I raise this question repeatedly closer to the convention, if you find it provocative today, just imagine how it's going to sound when you actually have to make the decision. Especially for people who do give or have given money or more importantly, have given their hearts They've given their souls. They they are lifelong, whatever, Democrats or Republicans. And someone tweeted me, despite my specific warning to take my words very narrowly earlier, they said, well, it's not, I'm not being unpatriotic by voting for the best man or woman. Never said that. 
I just said it's unrepublican. And you might say, well, who cares? I agree with you. I've already stood up and been counted. I'm no Republican. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm for Ted Cruz, but I'm not even ultimately for Ted Cruz. I'm for Ted Cruz because of what he believes, i.e., the Constitution. So I'm no Republican. You can splash cold water on my face in the middle of the night and say Republican or Democrat. I'll spit the water back. I'll spit the bit. I'm not a Republican. I'm not suggesting. I'm not implying there's anything wrong uh, w- with that. But it is a truism. The the, the, the most soul-searching, believe it or not, some people still take this seriously. You know, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. Because most people living in America are at least old enough and thoughtful enough to probably have or to have grown up in a party and deep within their souls regard themselves as either Republicans or Democrats. Not everybody, but probably most. And for those people who regard themselves as Republicans, they know in their hearts and souls that the one thing required of them to truthfully say I'm a Republican, is that you will vote for their candidate. If you cannot say, I will vote for whomever the Republican convention nominates this year, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to wait and see, but I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. I don't like this guy. So unless they nominate the guy I like, I'm going to either not vote or I'm going to vote for some other party. All I'm saying is you're not a Republican. And you know what? In many cases, that's not bad news. It's like the doctor saying, I have some news for you. I've looked at your x-rays. You're fine. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. And my partners on the Blaze Radio Network, Civic Circus Maximus, 1-888-900-3393, 1-888-900-3393. I don't want to look ahead to what the conventions are going to be like, what the conventions are going to be like. They are going to be such a wonderful, such a spectacular train wreck. Oh, not the Democrat. Did I say conventions? No. The Republican convention is going to be a spectacular train wreck. And it's just going to be so much fun for patriotic geeks such as we. Jim from Minnesota, welcome back. Hey, my name is Tip Alperman. I got to send a call. Hey, Jay, how you doing? Jim, we are well. Thank you. That's good. That's good. You know, just stepping out of a customer's house for a minute here. Making my. Right. <laughs> I hope the customer is there. Otherwise, we have a term for that in law. It's called burglary. Hey, no, no, she's there. She's there. Got a problem right. with the refrigerator leaking on her, so I'm going to fix the cord. All right. So, anyway, um, yeah, I just want to relate to as far as that, uh, you know, I've been struggling with my business for quite a while as far as get it going. 
and uh, that's my own appliance repair business in Minnesota. And uh, yep, and but uh, I joined a thing uh, called HomeAdvisor.com, and it's basically one where they uh, you know they sell you leads, you know, from like eleven to seventeen bucks, and of course I just up my prices to cover that. Right. But, Jim, uh, forgive me, I but mean, we have we really need to get to the uh, the more somewhat generally political template here. Oh, okay, sure, sure. Yep. So, anyway, yeah, it's regarding uh, as far as with uh, uh, with Trump, you know, I've been going around with the guy right now. As far as the, you know, in fact, he's even personal messaging me to saying that you, you know you can't understand uh, why I support Trump because of the fact that he's a, him and Heidi are just deep into the NWO, you know, New World Order. Give me a break. Ah, just drives me crazy. <laughs> I'm deeply into NWA. I don't think that disqualifies me. So, and I can't say yep. the name on the radio. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. How do you answer people like that? As far as they, you know, go into this NWO business. Well, Jim, I, I, I thank you for the call again. But uh, the way I answer is, uh, I, uh, depending on who the person is, I say, uh, listen, uh, I love you, but. Uh, I don't really need to answer that question. Why? I mean, I don't have, you know, I have a family, so I don't have all night. If this were 1982 and you had a bag full of cocaine and we were in Manhattan together in a club, I might tell you the, I might be prepared to proffer the encyclopedic version of that answer. Uh, why I'm voting for someone or not someone else, but, uh, but, we're not, I'm not, it isn't, and I can't. But I appreciate uh, the call. I, I, I'm, I'm voting for the person who does the least violence to the Constitution of the United States. Now, you might say, Jay, don't you have a more hopeful, a more inspirational answer to give? I used to, when I was a younger man, I used to say, I will vote for the candidate who will do the most to support the most to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. But you know what I learned, Jim? I learned that that's a world I'm hopeful of seeing before I die, though very doubtful of seeing before I die. That's a world I hope for my family. I don't think I'm going to live to see it. The standard I can realistically hope to see and right now hope to help attain is the election of candidates who will do the least amount of violence to the Constitution of the United States. Such is the nature of the downward slope uh, we're on right now. I used to climb mountains. Uh, I fell a couple times, but not the kind of falls that kill you. My falls could have killed me. They just didn't end up in that. I was pretty lucky. I came out of it with a couple of surgeries and um, and uh, and aches and pains, and it was all very much worth it. My best friend uh, almost died twice while I was with him. And one time he fell in Iceland at the lip of a, of a, of a volcano and started sliding. And he lost his ice axe and couldn't arrest his fall. And he was on a slope, the gradation of which and the 
surface conditions of which were such that there was no way in the world to stop yourself, uh, you know, with your boots or toes or fingers or anything else you were going to do. You were going to be stopped when you either went off the edge or when you hit something. And that thing you hit was not going to move. It was uh, unpleasant. He's, he's living and he's fine. He got lucky. Uh, but that's, the, that's my tale for that. Nathaniel from Fresno, welcome. Hey, Jay, how's it going? Hey, Mike. What's up? Jay, can you, can you hear me, sir? We have that pleasure. You know, uh, Jay, I've always considered myself a Republican and a conservative, uh, but I find it harder and harder to admit it. Thank you. Uh, That's like on, saying I've long considered on... myself a boy and a girl. <laughs> right? I mean, it's getting but, uh, to be that way, isn't it? it, it tr- truly. Uh, and, you know, it's it's really, I can see the reason why uh, party names have changed so frequently within the history of the United States. You know, it, it totally makes sense now because you get these people in who claim to be uh, one thing but are entirely the opposite. Right. Uh, but anyways, so, uh, I, so, so I do I take it, no. do I take it you're among those who face the dilemma that you may be forced with unpalatable choices? And, and one of them is, will I vote for the nominee of the party to which I have generally been loyal or not? Yeah, yes, sir. And, uh, and truly, uh, I am not a, a Trump fan. I don't believe he's uh, a Republican or a conservative, but I loathe Hillary enough to actually probably vote for him, to be honest with you, if he happens to Nathaniel, because of time, I must uh, bid you uh, au revoir, but not adieu, and say I welcome our next conversation and add to same that I agree with you. Uh, I find Trump terribly distasteful in any number of ways that requires a several-hour marathon show to enumerate, but in the end, no Hillary. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. on the blaze radio network with my partners you the best and brightest one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three now i hope every story on this show is an entertaining story in fact i believe it and i believe every story on the show is a happy story because look do, do you look on CNN and Fox and elsewhere when they say coming up, we're going to show you how they blew up this Coliseum? Come on, tell me you don't look at the video, at the footage, when they implode the world's sixth biggest office building in the middle of a city. Who doesn't want to see that? Coming up, this 423-car freight train 
carrying 422 cars of sodium peroxide goes off the rails in the middle of a Russian city video next. Tell me you tell me you don't wait for that. That's what I mean. So I mean it's 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 not a happy story uh, you know if you live in that Russian vicinity but it's entertaining as heck. Anyway, what I mean is this really caught my attention because this one is uh okay, forget the freight train. <laughs> Perhaps that was ill-advised. Uh, this is my happy story of the day. And it's entertaining, and the kids will love it. It's a true story out of one of my favorite places on Earth, and it is yours, too, if you've been there. And if you haven't and you go there, I warn you, you won't want to come back, and if the law permits you, you won't. New Zealand. In a New Zealand aquarium, in a major New Zealand, and I would imagine imagine that means in the New Zealand (laughs) aquarium last night someone left a jar the cover the lid if you will of the aquarium tank holding their biggest as far as i know their only uh octopus another chance for me to trot out my latin They left a jar, the cover of the octopus tank. The unoriginal, but I'm sure uh, affectionately motivated uh, moniker of the octopus was Inky. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Inky. Okay. Inky kind of eyeballed the joint. Now, I'm, I'm putting this together based on fundamental forensics and my intimate knowledge of octopi. So Inky eyeballed the joint, slithered up the side of the aquarium, knocked aside the ajar cover, flopped over the edge, sucked its way down the face of the aquarium, and across the floor and it found on a low wall or on the floor I'm not sure which yet a drain a drain pipe a big drain pipe that they used to return the water and the overflow salt water and probably their uneaten lunch and stuff like that but we don't know that Uh, a big drain pipe that had a cover. The drain pipe dropped 45 feet directly into the ocean. Inky, the crafty bastard, uh, Inky removed the cover and popped into the drain and the end of this, the very, very happiest possible ending of this story is that Inky is now a free man or woman but in any case a free octopus free octopus free octopus free the Chicago 7 free octopus and that's a true story and the end of it 
But yeah, there he is. That happened. I never knew. I mean, apparently that hideous dome must contain a sizable, that cranium must contain a big brain. That's what Inky did. And the question now, of course, is whether this news will spread. I mean, would you leave, if you if you worked in an aquarium somewhere, wait, I have to rephrase that so I could show off more Latin. If you were an employee of the various aquarii, or even if you just lived in the age of Aquarius, and if you worked in one of the aquarii, and you had octopi, and you might be otherwise octopied, wouldn't you worry that maybe over the radio they would hear? Because the BBC is broadcasting this story around the world. If I worked there, I'd keep an eye on the octopi all the time because I'd be ready for the inky story to inspire revolt in the other octopi. And before you know it, you've got octopi sucking across the floor in all the aquarii in the world, liberating themselves. In fact, I think we can assume by now there is the uh, OLA, the Octopus Liberation Army. And I don't know if Patty Hearst is a member, but somebody, somebody famous is going to join the OLA. If they'd call me, I'm available. All right. Yesterday, Paul Ryan made what was billed at, that's a true story, that last one. This one may not be. Paul Ryan yesterday made uh, what's called a, as an important statement. It was billed as an important statement. Uh, and he said absolutely nothing definitive in, in my mind. And what he said was, uh, the, the most definitive, if that it be, thing he said was, only the people who have run should run. I mean, only the people who have run for president ought to be considered by the convention. I didn't run. Only those who ran ought to be considered. And therefore, I I am not a candidate for president. I will not be a candidate for president. I will not, if my name is placed in nomination, I will not allow it. Now, I just ask you to remember something. None of that is binding in any legal or political way. Nothing that, you know, whatever you suspected Paul Ryan might be up to. I mean, if if your life is so devoid of real challenges that you have the luxury of worrying about Paul Ryan and who he is, which you pay me to do. So that's what's why I get the luxury of that. Thank you. If you know Paul Ryan and care a whit about what he's up to, whatever you thought about his motives and his prospects on Monday were unchanged, it seems to me, by what he uttered on Tuesday. You know, I, I, he made as Sherman-esque like a statement, as it's called. You know, I will not run if... If nominated, I will not run. If I if elected, I will not serve. He he made about as Shermanesque a statement as one can make, but it doesn't mean anything for two reasons. You may have more. In my mind, these are the two reasons. One, 
if the party has the fix, not to quote Trump or anything, but if the party has the fix in, if what they intend to do is bring in someone who hasn't run, Paul Ryan, I know, is on their list and near the top of it, if not at the top of it. If the party came to him and said, the party overwhelmingly wants you to do this, your country needs you, we need you to do this, your country is asking you to serve. I don't know how Paul Ryan would feel, although I grant you, I believe about him that probably he's the kind of guy that, you know, to whom that would mean something. You know, that he could honestly say, you know what, Uh, it really doesn't matter right now so much what I want. My country is asking me to serve. Even if he didn't believe that, it's the best possible excuse in the world for having said the opposite, you know, two months prior, right? It's the best, everyone in the world will forgive you because, after all, your country's asking you to serve. The second reason is, remember when they came to Paul Ryan and said, we want you to be Speaker of the House? And he said, I am not interested in being Speaker. I am not going to be Speaker. If my name is forwarded as Speaker... I am not going to run. I'm not going to serve. And about three weeks later, Paul Ryan was Speaker Ryan. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. It's the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Gee, I don't want to gross you out. I, I know it's near dinner time for some of, some of us. I'm just, well, I got the monitors on. There's a car commercial here in the in my market, which would be the Boston market, and it's for a car dealership. And someone is, it's a close-up of, of the salesman, the spokesman for the car commercial, the car dealership. And it's a woman. Now, why does that matter? Well, you tell me. It's a woman, and she's otherwise attractive. She has a mole on her, just, 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 just off her lower lip, which is the size of a basketball and the same color, and only if it were a Wolverine, because if like it had hair on it. You know, we have medical procedures for this now. You got to get that taken care of. I can't. How can I listen to all of the advantages of this latest car model and the great shopping experience I'll have at your dealership while I'm staring at this hideous growth? I mean, come on, marketing 101. Hello. All right. Look, back to uh, Paul Ryan, so we can be truly have said to have dealt with him and be finished with him at least for the moment. Well, by the way. Paul Ryan is the chairman of the Republican National Convention. So though he cannot go on his own with all these decisions, 
he is the guy who largely, and at least on paper, has is the first among equals, if not the outright boss, deciding who speaks, who doesn't speak. Doesn't matter who you are. If you don't speak during the convention in prime time, you don't exist. Paul Ryan is the convention chairman. Just, uh, you know, I'm not insinuating anything quite yet. Uh, But remember, here is Paul Ryan's roll of the dice as I see it. Here's his calculus. Better at the moment, given this wonderful mess, to stay clean and to be a formidable, new, young, clean, untainted speaker of the house who becomes, uh, if only by default, a stable leader, young, handsome, charismatic leader of whatever the Republican Party turns into this summer, whatever emerges, whatever, whatever monster emerges from the murky depths of this convention, uh, Paul Ryan will be its leader. And then let the party turn to you. You'll be on TV every day, forever. Let the party turn to you as its leader. Let the party turn to you as the default, its only, star for the next election. Now, the gambling part of this calculus is he's betting this summer will end up a mess and it produces something that won't replace him, right? Because if you're Paul Ryan, you're saying, my gamble is I'm going to do this I'm going to pull out now, if indeed he means it. He may not mean it. He may end up the Republican nominee, as we've said. But if he really means it and he stays out this time around, he has to be betting that the Republicans are going to pick a loser and that the party will turn to him in like two weeks after the election is over, in the wreckage, in the burnt-out shell of the wreckage of what was once the already already burnt-out wreckage of the Republican Party, they will turn to Paul Ryan. That's his roll of the dice. Uh, P.S. To the extent that Ryan, uh, right now, you know, is actually taking himself out, then many prospective candidates are going to have to meet the Ryan rule. And he's going to have a lot to say about what happens at the convention. So for him, the trick is try to maneuver the convention in a way that you look like you're the hero, a young hero of the party, but not so successfully that we have a successful Republican president for eight years because then maybe the Ryan rule is that Ryan is ruled out, you know, maybe forever. So there's... You know, can you imagine all the stuff going on? And we'll get to do it all together. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.